Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. He has had three Comedy Central specials and his new album is called It's Scary in Here. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. Hi guys, thank you for coming back or checking us out for the first time. Either way, we are glad you are here. And we have a great show for you this week. My guest in the ADD interview is a very, very funny man. It's comedian Ryan Hamilton. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join us. And our super fan shout-out is for Matt and Michelle from Indy. Say hello to Matt and Michelle, kids. Hey, Matt and Michelle. Matt and Michelle, how are you guys doing? Michelle, Matt, what's happening? Uh, those are the people I love. My beautiful wife, Alex. Hello there. My pal and pod producer, Marcus Stern, Triple Pay. Hey, my friend. And my lifelong friend, Phil Tag. How are you, pal? Top of the morning. What, what, what an enthusiastic <laughs> reading that was. Top of the morning, <laughs> we're all going to die. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, I woke up late. Okay. And by late, you mean about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> he crawled out of bed. Mm -hmm. Well, I wanted to read you uh, an email, um, but I can't find it. Uh, so I'm going to go from memory. Uh, it was from a guy named Steve. Uh, he's getting married August 7th. I remember that. Him and his friend Ron are Top Gear fans, uh, and he's looking for a creative way to ask Ron to be his best man. You know what I would do, Steve? Go to Ron, ask him for a kidney. Yeah, he asked him for a kidney. He goes, hey, dude, you know, I don't know if we're the right blood type. I don't know if I could do it. He goes, all right, fine. Forget the kidney. Just be my best man. No, Adam, he's not asking for that kind of help. I think he's asking for you to help him ask his friend to be the best man. He wants me to ask him? Yes. All right, Steve, you're friggin' lazy, all right? <laughs> really? What do you mean, You sent lazy? me an email to ask you to do something for you. You oh, couldn't my... just send Ron an email and go, hey, dude, what are you doing August 7th? He wants to make it special. I know he does. Yeah. And, and sincere. And sincere. Yeah, and sincere, yes. That, that's why we have Phil. Phil, <laughs> no. I can't be bothered this morning, tag. 
<laughs> I never said I couldn't be bothered. Are you kidding? I no, I just said I'm tired. It's just the it's just the attitude. Hi, Matt. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> Can I get a moment's peace? <laughs> oh man. All right. So anyway, Ron. Ron, this message is from Steve. Steve would be honored if August seventh, if you're not doing anything, <laughs> you could stand up for him and be his best man at his wedding because that will make it special for him and his bride. Perfect. Plus uh, a little. Wait a minute! I just heard Steve said he yeah. can't do it. <laughs> he said, "Nah, it's not gonna work out." <laughs> I just, I just got a text from Steve. He can't do it. Phil, if you take a nap, will you be able to? <laughs> You think you'll be you'll be awake enough by August seventh to help Steve out? Yeah, I, I I have to be the best man. Yes. Nope. So, but I, I don't drink luck. anymore though. That's no, not going to work. For no, me. Phil's bad luck. <laughs> Is that what she said? <laughs> Why am I bad yeah. luck? Why? Because of the divorces? Yes. <laughs> what does that mean? What is that? I can't go to a wet. I can't be a best man. No. It's Juju. Oh. oh my God! Now she's you. She's you now. She's you wow. now. How is she me? It's contagious. Your bullshit. Your bullshit contagion. <laughs> if Phil's bad luck, Mark, then maybe you should do it. I would make a great best man. In fact, I have been a great best man for my oldest and greatest friend in the world, Digger, mm-hmm. and his wife Margaret. Okay. And by the way, they wouldn't even get married or had three wonderful kids if it wasn't for me. I'll just lay that out there. What? Well, you sperm donor? <laughs> Goodness, no. Mark. No. Did, did you introduce no. them? Uh, in a way, I did. Yeah. All right. This is this is the stern-centric view of the universe. Go ahead. I'm, I go to high school with Digger. <laughs> Senior year, I get kicked out. Most devastating thing that's happened to me in my life. I end up graduating from another high school, and I end up going to the same college as Digger. We become the greatest friends in the world. We room together all through college. And then when I move back to D.C., I'm like, I'm rooming with four girls here. Come here, live with me. I'll get you a job. Come here. He does. He falls in love with one of the women that's living in that house. They get married, have three amazing kids. None of that happens without me. That's a lot of patting on the back there, Mark. <laughs> okay, a couple things. One, apparently the universe revolves around planet Stern. <laughs> yeah. Two, Galileo getting thrown said. out of high school is the most devastating thing in your life. I've yeah. been, I can think of three other things you've done that are far worse. <laughs> Was throwing up on you one of them? That's the big one right there. <laughs> yeah, that's a biggie. Yeah. That's a biggie. <laughs> so... So you get thrown out of high school and you start rooming with four girls and you look at being thrown out of high school as a bad thing. That I don't understand at all. It's rock and roll. Yeah. And then your buddy moves in, falls in love with one of the ladies living in the house with you and gets married. And you think this is all because of you. Well, I understand what he's saying. He's talking about the butterfly effect. Yes. Because when I I think of butterflies, I think of Mark Stern. Yeah. He's thinking... The small thing that happened to him, which is getting kicked out of school, mm-hmm. which sent him to another school and he met Digger. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, added up to a bigger thing. Right. And that's basically... Delusion. Thing. No. It's that saying of a butterfly flapping its wings and mm-hmm. thereby causing the formation of a hurricane halfway around the world. Yeah. It led to a series of events. That one event led to another series of events. That's what he's talking about. Yes. I get it. I understand that you don't. I, I, you understand it because you live in the same delusional world as him. <laughs> I do. I you know, believe in all that kind of shit. I know I you it. do. You yeah, know honey. Adam understands. What? Adam, you're in the pool hall. Okay? You're yeah, in the pool hall. I'm in the pool. I've been there before, yes. Okay. You break. Yes. Right? All right. Now you go to break again. 
which means I won. <laughs> of course. Do you have the exact same break? I try to. What try happened? to follow through. Yeah, what but what happens? If I sink the nine on the break, I go, boom, from the cannon. Pay me, bitch. <laughs> the, the thing is, because you don't do exactly the same, mm-hmm. it's a little different. You cause a different reaction. Okay. Okay. It's the same kind of thing. Yes. Okay. But here's the thing it, it, about the butterfly effect, about Stern and, and, and Phil and the way yeah, they see. effect sing. on someone's life. Yeah, okay, that I understand, an effect on someone's life. But, but Mark, it, it, my, my issue with the story is you always look back and reverse engineer, like, oh, look at all the good things that happened now that we're here and we have these beautiful kids, and this wouldn't happen because of me. Yeah, I think it would have happened either way. Well, if, it's, if it's destiny, I think it would have happened. That's a good point. That's an excellent point. That is true. Destiny finds a way. That, that is correct, sir. That's a better it's way. A, to it's actually it. it's actually very romantic what you just said. It's very romantic. Yeah, you're saying. Hold on, Adam's actually turning me. He's turning me because. Damn it! Based... <laughs> <laughs> to recount. To <laughs> recount. <laughs> based on his theory, these people that got married still would have gotten married with or without your intervening. Is that what you're saying, Adam? That's what I'm saying. That's the yeah. Fun you know way. what? I believe in that too. I believe. Okay. But... You know what, Stern? I'm going with Adam. <laughs> It's like nature will find a way. It's like my favorite thing is when a tree grows up through the sidewalk. Because the, cause the, the sidewalk is like man putting down concrete, and the tree is just right. like, yeah, bite yeah, nature. We're always I'm win. coming right yeah. through there. <laughs> it comes up as the middle finger. comes up That's like the great. middle finger, big branch. <laughs> yeah. Take this in your cement. That's what that is. I'm still growing. Yeah, yeah but a big oak tree ain't destiny. I, a big oak tree is a yeah. big oak tree. Well, I think— Oh, uh, you, 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 you mean the, the harnessing of, of the pure uh, energy of creation in nature? Yes, let's discount that and let, it, let everything come out of Mark Stern. I, I think <laughs> it's a little bit of both. What's a little bit about? Mark is helping us destiny along. Mm-hmm. So you and think Mark contributed to destiny? Yes, I do. I think both can be woven together. Very well put. And it is said that one significant change makes many other changes occur. Correct? It can. Can it does? Well, it can. Every well, action has a reaction. There you go. Mm-hmm. It's not a can. It's a given. What's a can? It's actually a law. So it's, it's a, a yeah, law. It's a law. Well, it's not really a law. It, it's 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 a, a observed occurrence. Whatever it is, it it works and it's apparent. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. believe in it. I'll tell you what, Adam. Mm. I'm going to take my time machine back to England in 1955 or 56. Okay. Instead of Paul McCartney going to the church fet, I'm going to bring Benny Hill. I'm going to introduce <laughs> Benny Hill to John Lennon, and that's a totally different musical group. Okay. That's how that history okay, timeline okay. works out. Okay, here's your theory. John Lennon does not have the ability to discern Paul McCartney and Benny Hill are interchangeable. This is this is the theory? A lot of people agree with me on this one. Benny okay. Hill, Paul McCartney, same guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the songs would have been a lot thinner. When I find myself <laughs> in times of trouble. <laughs> Mother Mary comes to me. <laughs> I'll tell you what, listen to this interview. Listen to this interview I did with Ryan Hamilton. There is an occurrence where we met very early on in his career and see if there's any significance as to where he is now. Okay? Okay. All right. Give a listen to this and we'll see you on the other side. The butterfly effect is a term used to describe how small changes can affect large complex systems. 
As with the butterfly, the same could be said of any of us. Though we rarely take the time to realize that our words, our moods, our behaviors touch all of the people with whom we come in contact. Phil's bad luck. <laughs> Why am I bad yeah. luck? Why? Because of the divorces? Yes. You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 Minutes. You'll never get back. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, guys. I got some stand-up dates for you. December 10th through the 12th, I will be at Hilarities in Cleveland, Ohio. December 18th and 19th, I will be at the Arlington Draft House in Arlington, Virginia. And for New Year's Eve, I will be at the Helium in St. Louis. If you can make any of these dates, please come up after the show and let me thank you for all the love and support you've shown me and this podcast. All right. Y'all ain't gonna have it. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD. It's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is a very, very funny man. He's a writer, comedian, he's a clean comic, but is not as safe as you might think. Straight out of the mean streets of Idaho, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's my pal Ryan Hamilton. How are you, baby? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, you make me uh, into a dangerous man. Yeah, well, it's good to see <laughs> you again. First of all, you're a great comic. We met a hundred years ago. Yes. And I think I was working Utah and you opened for me in Utah and we did a radio show together, if I remember correctly. Really? Because yeah. I, I remember it in Florida and I was opening. For Maybe we met in Utah first, but it's it was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But I remember um, you taught me how to do radio in Florida. I oh, didn't yeah. know how to do radio, <laughs> and I had to go with the. I had won some weird contest. Mm -hmm. Do you remember? That? And they put me on a bunch of shows, but I had to go promote right uh, the product for this contest I'd, I that was sponsoring. And you said, "Come with me. I'll teach you how to do." And I was terrified. I'd never done radio. I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. You, you, and um, I was always grateful for that. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, you you really made me laugh. And and like like I said, you, you you do work clean, but it wasn't a conscious choice. It's just who you are. Yes. Yeah. It's right. just you're this big guy with a smile on your face that you want to take care of. But being from New York, I really uh, deep down, I I don't trust you. <laughs> yeah. I get that a lot. Like my acting coaches are always like, 
I don't know if you should be playing comedy. Like you're kind of <laughs> something weird about you. <laughs> well, it's not you. It, it's me. I'm like no one can be this nice. No one can be this nice and not be able to turn water into wine. So until I see that, Hamilton. I don't know. New York, I felt like I trusted everybody there. And then mm. I learned quickly that you can't trust everybody there. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, wait, before you get to New York. I, 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 yeah, before we get to New York, I, I want to back up because you started actually as a humor columnist. <laughs> You've done some research. Well, oh, yeah. 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 I mean, sure. I had a column in high school. I used to read Dave Barry every Sunday. Yeah. And um, I just thought that was the greatest job in the world. Mm -hmm. But um, we didn't have high school paper or anything like that. So I called the county newspaper and I said, can I have a column? And when you live in Idaho, they go, okay. <laughs> so oh. they gave me a column and I wrote every week. And then there's a little, even tinier city paper, mm -hmm. whatever, town paper. And they wanted one too. So I was writing two columns a week, 10 bucks a column. Wow. And um, I just tried to make it funny. And um, yeah, I mean, they're terrible. But you know, I, <laughs> hey, I, but you I got them. The best, you know what I love is you called up, can I have a column in Idaho? I was waiting for the lady on the other end of the line to go, Ryan, is this you? <laughs> Well, what then? Then um, the TV station, the local NBC affiliate, called mm -hmm. up and said, "Hey, we hear you're interested in journalism." And I go, "Okay, yeah. Would you like to? <laughs> would you like to learn how to shoot sports?" Right. And I said, "Okay." Yeah. So I learned how to, sh and it was fun because the sportscaster at that time he liked to make the broadcast funny. So every Friday, I would get an assignment and I'd go shoot some football, basketball game, whatever. Right. Go to the station, and then we would write it, and and sometimes I'd get a joke on the air, which was the biggest thrill sure. of my new career. So, um, yeah, I technically have had a humor column. <laughs> Now, was there, was there funny in the house growing up? Yeah, um, everybody was pretty funny. My brother and I joked a lot. My dad's really funny. My mom likes to laugh at us. My sister's really funny. Yeah, we were all pretty funny, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, okay. I think my siblings are probably funnier than I am, actually, if you're just going raw funny. Right. Know? Well, yeah. yeah, there's raw funny, and then there's, there's actually the craft of it. And one of the things right. I admire of you is you're a craftsman. You know, when I watch your stuff, and I get to see it because sometimes when I'm back in New York, we're working on new stuff yeah. at the cellar so you can watch the evolution when you're there for a while. But there's not a wasted beat. You know, there's no fat in it. Thank you. That's a nice compliment. I work hard to get there, you know? I yeah. like trimming. I like it tight. Yeah, you, know? you like because you know it's like I was talking to, uh, I forget who I was talking to, but I come from it as the rhythm and the music because I, I play the guitar a little bit. So I know when there's too many notes and too many words. You know, right for my taste, it's like it's too many words. You got to get there quicker, and you don't need that tag. Or I can change that tag to get to this bit, and now it flows. And that one thing I do like is when I can find a tag that gets a laugh that connects to another bit. I'm like, oh, that's like buying a hotel on Boardwalk and Park Place. <laughs> yes, that one joke is worth more than that one joke. Yeah. It's worth because it gets you somewhere else yeah yes. and it connects to life too because you do one little thing that connects to something else and it opens up another door like you were doing the humor column and then then you got to do the sports stuff and eventually i know you wanted to be a comic but you ended up doing public relations for blueberries which i found odd <laughs> 
Yeah, I, uh, you know, I went, to, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I wasn't planning to be a comedian. I always loved it, but oh, I went to okay. school. I mean, I, I wanted to be a comedian from when I was young, but I didn't, you know, there wasn't a comedy club within five hours. Of mm-hmm. I, it wasn't something I thought about as a career, but I watched it. I, I watched all the cable shows. I was drawn to it. I would write down jokes. But I didn't really try it until I was out of college and working. You know, I went to school, studied public relations. I had a job at an ad agency. The blueberry thing you're referencing. Yeah, I, I had an internship on a blueberry farm in New Hampshire. Okay, this and- is what scared me. This is this is what frightened me because you are so trusting. You're so innocent. And I get very protective because I just pictured the call going, I oh, want to live on my farm and promote my blueberries. Yeah. Because you and lived I- on the farm. Yeah, I lived on the farm, and it, yeah, it sounds like a Stephen King novel or something. But um, um, yeah, I lived on the farm, and it was weird. It was just these people who had this very prestigious PR firm in New York, and they decided to move it to uh, New Hampshire and live on a farm. And so that's what I did. I got this gig, and I went there for a few months, one summer. But that was actually where the first place that I saw stand-up, because mm-hmm. I was so interested, and I was like, oh, finally, I'm close to a stand-up club. And so I would drive into Boston on the weekends, and I saw Mitch Hedberg at the old uh, Comedy Connection at Faneuil Hall. That was the first show I ever saw, and yeah. it was amazing. I was a big fan of Mitch from uh, David Letterman, and it just blew my mind. And yeah. from then on, when I saw that show and when I saw what he was doing to the audience, and I I, I couldn't get it out of my head. Yeah, and, I was the same thing. When I I would watch the Evening at the Improv was this weird show yes. that was you, you never knew what time it was on, and you could only get yeah. it on your mother's black and white TV <laughs> on like Channel Thirteen because of what you it was like it was almost like you weren't supposed to see this, you know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that show was key for me mm-hmm. because I saw these guys who I didn't know who they were. They weren't famous in my mind, but I was like, well, these guys are just writing jokes and the sets were short mm-hmm. and they were interesting, weird people. And, and yeah, I forced my family to watch A&E's Evening at the Improv whenever we could find it. And yeah, this weird club and there was Bud, this guy who introduced people. I was like, what is this world? You know, yeah. but you kind of see there's this world and I wanted to find out how to get in there. Um, but the first time I was around a comedy club was when I was in Boston for that summer. So, you know, it was a weird way in, but um, yeah. And then I eventually was working and just doing comedy. And Can I ask you to tell the story with your first paid gig? With my first paid gig? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I have one story before that, too, really quick, because okay. I was working at this uh, ad agency, and my boss goes, uh, I was not doing great at work. I mean, I was okay. I was distracted. I was doing comedy at night. And he pulled me in for a meeting and said, Hey, what do you want to do? And I said, I think I want to be a comedian. And he said, well, <laughs> we don't have, <laughs> we don't have that position available. <laughs> what do you want to do? Cause clearly this isn't working out. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I didn't have the guts to quit, you know? So he said, well, we don't have that position. And then a week later he called me in and he was like, look, we, we got to let you go. <laughs> and I walked out that day with a cardboard box. I'm like, I guess I'm going to be a comedian. I don't know. <laughs> so that's kind of how it started. But then shortly after that, I was taking any gig I could. Sure. And yeah. And I started in Salt Lake City. And there, there was just these one-nighter gigs. That's what it was. This was before there was social media. It was like 
that's how you got paid. Mm -hmm. And somebody canceled in winter and the gig was in Miles City, Montana. And they said, it's a hundred bucks. It's like an, it's like a seven, eight hour drive for me. It's blizzarding. I said, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I had 15 minutes and the headliner says, don't worry about it. I'll cover, just do whatever you can. I drove through this blizzard, bare white knuckled, get to this gig. This woman says, um, the woman who owns the bar, she says, uh, I've got your name tattooed on my ass. And I go, what? And the headliner is just loving every second of this. And I go, what? (laughs) She says, I've got your name tattooed on my ass. I go, my name? She goes, I've got your name tattooed on my ass. And before you get paid, I'm going to show it to you. And I'm like, I don't want anything to do with this. I just want to do jokes. And I'm doing my clean stuff, you know, and I'm in this bar in Montana. um, The headliner, he's just like loving every second of this because he's just a road dog. And he's like, we're going into our office and we're going to see what this is about. I go, I just, just get me my money. He's like, no. So after the show, I mean, I ate it. I ate it, of course. And then, um, I got through. And then after the show, he, he takes me back to the office. She goes, okay, if you want to get paid, I'm going to show you that I have your name tattooed on my ass. Mm-hmm. And she hiked up her skirt and there on her ass, she had in cursive script font, the letters Y-O-U-R-N-A-M-E, your name. <laughs> and this is what she did every week to the comedian. Yeah. Every week she did this. Every week. And I'm going to permanently mark my body. Yeah, I mean, to make others uncomfortable. Yeah. So I take my money and I'm like, I just want to get out of here. This is what comedy is. Right. And um, I'm walking past the bar and there's this this big woman at the bar and she's like, hey, I want to buy you a drink. I go, thank you very much. I don't drink. Mm -hmm. She goes, no, I'm buying you a drink. I go, no, I don't. I don't. (laughs) Starting to get angry. (laughs) She's getting angry. You're getting angry. She's getting angry. Like, I want, I'm going to buy you a drink. I go, I don't drink. And she, and she eventually just grabs me by the back of the head and headbutted me right there at the bar. Because <laughs> she's so angry and drunk. She just goes, crack. And everybody at the bar starts pointing and laughing at me like, that's the kid who just bombed. And I'm grabbing my head. And I walk out the door into a blizzard. And I go to my Super 8. And that was my first gig. Oh, God. That, right. I think that just means she likes you. <laughs> and oh. then, um, you know, I couldn't stop after that. I oh. just kept doing it. God, is that funny. Yeah, it was. Um... I remember my first gig was it was this bar in Connecticut. And I, I went up to the guy and I said, uh, what time's the show to start? And he was chewing tobacco. He spit on the floor. This is his place. He spit oh, on my. the floor and he went. As soon as you turn around and start talking. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was like, oh, I thought, you know, maybe it'd be a mic, a stage, a light, nothing. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, in Peoria, Illinois. So what's that club in Peoria that's been there? Jukebox Comedy Club. Mm-hmm. There's a dirt racetrack across the street. No, I didn't know I don't know that gig. Yeah, it's like the gig. There's a club that shares a parking lot with a strip club. Yeah, and then right across the street is a dirt racetrack. So it's and fun one, all around. Yeah, it's just a big. <laughs> and one night I was there, and there was a race going on, and 
because the racetrack is so close, I remember that I would have to time my punchlines so that the cars <laughs> would be on the far side of the racetrack. <laughs> so you do the road stuff like and that that's where we met you you're pretty green we met but you were funny i remember yeah. i was I, you were uh, funny thanks. and 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 i was terrified someone was just gonna pick you up and and, and put you in a shipping container and send you to a foreign land i just <laughs> i know i was just out there on the road i didn't know anything yeah, yeah. and then i would then i remember running into you in new york and one of the things i loved about watching the evolution of what i did was i always likened your stuff to um larson a little far sidey kind of stuff oh yeah well i loved the far side yeah Kelly yeah. larson i mean that was a huge influence to me actually I, well it comes out because i can see you know it's like you're not the stranger in a strange land you're just you're in a situation where where you don't have control is that accurate that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always trying to get control. Yeah. It's so absurd. I like the absurdity of it. And there was something that, that I connected with his, that cartoon strip. I don't know if people know what we're talking about. But mm. There's this cartoon strip, The Far Side, that was written by Gary Larson. It was a single panel and it was just really out there and interesting and bizarre. But there was a lot of nature in it. Yeah. And I think because I came from Idaho, it was like, well, this guy's making great, weird, absurd jokes that have nature and it just seemed like it was coming from a place that I got for some reason. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know, but um, yeah, I love, I love that strip. One of the I, bits of yours that I love that I think illustrates the point I was talking about, about you being a, uh, a stranger in a strange land, especially in New York city is uh, the guy on the train. I'm going to play the bit right now. I got, oh, okay. I got a clip. So this guy on the train, he was wearing cat eye contact lenses. That was his look. That's what he did. He just got up and said, I'm looking like a cat. Weird. Just sitting there on the train, just meow, looking around. Here's the thing about that look. It's not an accident. Sometimes I look off. I might put on the wrong pants and shirt combination, but I don't catch myself in the mirror halfway through the day and go, oh, I look like a man cat again today. <laughs> and there's no practical purpose behind this look. The only thing I can come up with, maybe if you're crossing the street in the dark, it might come in handy then, right? If, if you see like a six foot man kitty in your high beams, <laughs> you're gonna slow down, that's a human being. I think, I think he wanted attention maybe. So what it is, I got down, I looked him right in the cat eyes, right? Just mano y gato. I got down, I looked him right in the eyes. And I just went, Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> he didn't laugh at all. I think he was depressed, maybe. Uh, so I pulled out my laser pointer. And he had a lot of fun with that. You know what I mean? He was, like, all over the place, running into things. Oh, that's funny. That's Thanks. funny. My favorite, mano y gato. I think it was my favorite. <laughs> That's uh, what, yeah, you're right. That's one of my early bits when I first moved to New York. That was one of the first things I wrote when I moved to New York. Yeah, because I remember, I remember running to you at the cellar and, you know, we were catching up and everything and I could see the evolution of it because it wasn't, I wasn't around you that much. It's not like when you see everybody at the cellar, you see the, right. 
Yeah, so I had I had the, the benefit of distance. And when that came out, because I like a little bit of surrealism, but that stuff, I like the way you incorporated that in your act, because your act is pretty much your being. You know, I think one of the things that I gravitated towards you, not that I just, I genuinely like you as a human being, but the authenticity of your, of your art is pretty um, much who you are. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, I mean... I don't know how to do it any other way. It just eventually, you know, when when I first was doing it, it was like you try things and then sure. eventually you're like, well, this is it. This is what I do. Yeah, this, is, this is what's going to happen. This is yeah. it. I don't know where it's going to go, but I know this is all, this, this is all I right. can do. Yes. <laughs> the rest yes. is up to you. Yes. <laughs> well, that's why we were talking about the, the illusion of, of control uh, in your art is also, because I know we both meditate and part yeah. of that experience is to, let go of the control you think you have. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I've been doing it for, I don't know, maybe a couple years now. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it really centers me. It focuses me. And yeah, it helps me just, you know, I'm a bit of an anxious person and it lets that stuff Look go. who you're and talking to. <laughs> Are you Ryan, I just went to the dentist and, and the dentist goes, um, I think you might grind your teeth at night. I go, at night? All friggin' day. I'm doing it right now. Do you know how much this is going to cost? <laughs> right. I know. Uh, we're all a bit like that, I mm -hmm. guess. I don't know. I know a lot of comedians are anxious, but I don't think of the meditation as... I don't know. It's just, I, I, I don't know. Just the, It just works for me. I just yeah. do it and it works. I don't it's, even really know why. Well, here's where I'm at. It is I'm at the point where I could observe how crazy I am making me. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, That's a I, good step, it seems like. I, yeah. I'm actually observing what an idiot I am. Not that I, not that I wasn't suspicious when I started, Ryan. Right. <laughs> But the benefit of what of what that gives me, as long as I'm in that distance part of it, it's not like just you wake up and everything's done. It's just like it, it's a constant state of correction. It's like an airplane, you know. Yes. Flying is yes. just correcting the flight path. Right. Until you yeah, that's end up great. Going. So, but but that's where I'm at in it, and uh, I noticed, and I don't know if you're there, and I wanted to ask you. I noticed things are getting done in spite of me, and I try to take comfort in that if that makes yeah. any sense. And that's the loss of control I wanted to, to ask you about. Because if I don't do it, it won't get done. No. If you get out of your way and watch it get done, it's a lot yeah. easier. And I didn't know if that was your experience. Yes, that makes sense to me. The thing I notice, I guess, that's similar is decisions come easier to me. I waffle on decisions mm -hmm. a lot. We have all these decisions to make, business right. decisions, whatever. And I, I'm able to make them more clearly when I'm doing this. Yeah. And so... That I, I do think it's similar to what you're talking about, that kind of awareness where I step out and I can just kind of see the broader picture and go, you know what the right thing is to do here. Just do that. Yeah. Not the thing for you. So, um, yeah, I guess I can see that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I kind of got into it because it was just like there's so many things coming at us and it's just us. You right. know what I mean? And And it's like this is a thing that helps me center and focus and actually Seinfeld got me into it. And a lot of these people, I'm like, well, if, you know, he's gonna, he seems to be doing okay. Yeah, he seems to be working out let's, for that kid. Let's see how he, how he got to where he got, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, he sat me down between gigs one night and said, I know you're tired. I know that you're working really hard. I know watching. your plans don't include me, but we have tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he's so kind and generous to be honest and mm -hmm. he um and he said look i just 
you don't have to do anything with this, but there's this tool mm-hmm. that helps for people who have our career, who are flying around doing this stuff. And he goes, and I, it's been working for me for 40 years. And he said, I just wanted to let you know. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. And it, it, you know, it's been off and on, but I've been pretty consistent more recently. And um, yeah. Yeah. Been- I find I'm better. I, I'm better. Uh, with myself which means you know what i'm putting out is better when i do it you know it just yeah it makes me it's okay this is part of my day that i actually i'm selfishly going i what do i want to do with my time before i start the day so i'll get up and i'll that's that's the the, uh the 20 minutes i want for me so right that's good yeah if you make it a habit it's just part of your day Mm -hmm. and you realize over time that there's these huge benefits that come back to you i'm more productive i'm more creative it's you know, yeah, I, and 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 so Jerry introduced you to it, and w- w- this, this was when you were opening for him because you opened for Jerry Seinfeld quite. Yeah, a bit. yeah. I mean, the last few years I've been opening for it's relatively new, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I I opened for him, you know, here and there randomly, and um, it's been amazing. It's been fantastic. But yeah, just learning from him has been one of the best, greatest benefits because not only is he a master at his craft. And I get to learn that aspect, but he's also really focuses on his habits and these principles of how to be productive and creative and balance your life. And just being around that as a comedian has been really beneficial because, you know, we're so independent. We're all out there. There's no like, there's no guidebook. It's like yeah. everybody's got their own thing. There's no on. union and there's no healthcare. So we're, we're... <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're all we got. That's right. And, and most of us are a mess. <laughs> yes, but we've got each other. And that's the thing, because we're all so like unique and independent. And like it's really hard to understand what our lives are like unless you have a life. So when you can find these these things that help and work, it's like and he's just full of them. So it's been really great. Yeah, I like I, I spoke to I remember um uh, uh when he was shooting comedian in New York, he was very kind to me because uh Gotham, he, he was shooting it with the little camera crew. So he was always down at the cellar in Gotham. And he bumped me once at Gotham and twice at the cellar, like in one week. And he was outside. Uh-huh. And he was like, Adam, I'm sorry. I'm like, Jerry, this movie better be funny because right now it's just annoying me. Okay? <laughs> but he laughed and he was very gracious. And we talked about yeah. cars. And we talked about – he's a big Beatles fan. Dude, I have a story for you. Go. I opened for Jerry in um, London. Mm-hmm. And yes, he is a huge Beatles fan. And so someone at Abbey Road Studios knew that Jerry was a Beatles fan mm-hmm. and asked him if he wanted a private tour of Abbey Road Studios. And he said, OK. And he was going to take his family, but they I don't know, they weren't into it or whatever. And we had to go to the plane together. And so it was scheduled at this time. And he said, do you want to go with me? And I go to Abbey Road. Yes. <laughs> and I go, yeah, I want to go. So we got up early before our flight and the car picked us up, picked up Jerry. I was so excited. And we got a private tour, which is not a place that d- does tours, by the way. They don't have a tour. I know. Like I you- tried when I was there. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. So they gave us a tour and it was one of the highlights of my career, to be honest, just to be able to go through that magic place sure and watch jerry and and absorb all of this creative energy you know in this place where these and it's still a working studio by mm-hmm. the way 
but they haven't changed anything because there's something magic about the place. So they don't change anything. They have some of the original equipment. They have a piano that you, that's just like, this is the piano that is heard on many of the Beatles songs. It's still in the studio being yeah. used. And <laughs> Jerry's like, this is the piano? And they're like, yeah, we just, you know, we create music here. And then they took us to a listening room and, um, we heard, uh, I heard the news today. Oh boy. Just a day in the life. Yes. Wow. And they just played that for us. And Jerry and I got to listen and it was just a great fulfilling creative day. And then, but the highlight for me was on the, we had like an hour and a half or something in a car to get to the plane because of traffic after that. Mm -hmm. And so because we were at Abbey Road Studios, it just sparked this kind of creative conversation and we just had a, a like a long hour conversation about how to create and yeah. and the habits and what happens and that's one of the reasons he loves the Beatles is just because of their dedication to the work and it was just like every day they're in the studio and they're writing you yeah. know well like, Paul like, was John was hot yeah. <laughs> but they were there you know they yeah. put in the time and the hours and um so that was just a really cool experience for me. I had uh, Richard Marks on the show, and he's friends with Ringo. No way. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I like Richard Marks. Yeah, he's, he was a great guy. And, you, and I had Neil, uh, Kevin Nealon on the show, uh, yeah. and, and not only did he meet McCartney, McCartney came up and tapped him on the show, and he goes, hello, Kevin. <laughs> oh, wow. <What laughs> How great cool is that? Moment. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Um, have you seen the... Um, I don't remember what it's called now. There's a BBC documentary mm -hmm. on the Beatles that's like 15 years old or something. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like it's like six discs, and you can't even stream it. Mm -hmm. You have to like buy the disc set. It's not available to stream anywhere. It's not the anthology one, is it? Yeah, the anthology. Yeah, yeah. I have yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I have too. That's the that's the thing that are, that really for me was like my intro into the Beatles world when I watched that. Yeah, but there is a certain amount of, of uh, I'll, I'll say secondhand creativity you get. You know, you, you yeah. get like a contact high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and yeah. the documentary form of hearing the stories, I think, now speak to me more than actually the music because I've heard the music over and over again. So, but to go back right. and listen to like different takes of stuff and, and see the evolution is really, yeah. a, it, it, it's really inspiring. Yeah. And so are you, my friend. You're a very, very good comic. I'm so glad we got a chance to catch up again. I, st I still want to take care of you. You see, you're smiling right now, and <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, someone's going to pick this guy up and take him somewhere he don't want to go. <laughs> I need it. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And listen, I, I, we've known each other for a long time. I've always uh, liked you and respected you as an artist, and I think it's time that I tell you that I have your name tattooed on my ass. <laughs> People want to reach out. Where can they get a hold of you, my friend? Let's see. I've been trying to tweet lately. I'm at Ryan Hamilton on Twitter, at Ryan Hamilton with an E at the end on Instagram. And my website is RyanHamiltonLive.com. Great to see you, pal. Best to you, you and the family. Pal. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. The Adam for our podcast is brought to you by CruiseIntoWellness.com. Now, let's say you have aches and pains from a failed romantic encounter. And she grabs me by the back of the head and headbutted me right there <laughs> at the bar. Because <laughs> she's so angry and drunk.
The heart wants what the heart wants, but sometimes it makes the head hurt. And when you're in pain, why don't you do what I do? Take one of the gummies they have at cruiseintowellness.com. They also have edibles, tinctures, pain creams, bath products, pet products. And I'll tell you what, 20% off with the coupon code ADAM. Yes, 20% off anything they have at cruiseintowellness.com. Go, feel better. This is Ryan Hamilton, and that was 30 Minutes I'll Never Get Back. I had a lot of fun catching up with Ryan. And see, Mark, I I think you changed me. You were absolutely right. If I didn't teach Ryan how to do radio, he would never have gotten headbutted in the bar. (laughs) (laughs) I I was was going along with you, and boom, the the punchline. Punchline Ferrara. (laughs) What, I? I thought he bombed. He did bomb, but it didn't mean that the lady didn't like him. Drink with me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, that's, pretty rough. Rough. that's pretty rough. Yeah. You know what I loved? I loved how, how delighted you were with that story. I mean, it, anytime you interview a comic that you know and you guys have a rapport, it's just I love the laughing back and forth. It, it seemed like you were just having genuine fun with him. I was having genuine fun just watching him shaking in, in, <laughs> in the manager's office your name on my ass. That was just... <laughs> That was Very great. Very classy. Yeah. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Because it's inside stuff. That's what makes the comic laugh. All that kind of inside. Because we don't laugh at normal stuff like normal people. We mm-hmm. laugh at shit like that, you know? Yeah. And it's so interesting about comics, like, um, because I really didn't understand the world until I met you, Adam. Mm-hmm. So You're welcome. <laughs> so you're, it's like you have this thing with clean comics. Yeah. And then with comics who aren't clean. Yeah. We're all comics. So it's harder working clean. What's the deal with that? Funny's funny. Yeah. Um, if if for Ryan it's not harder because that's who he is. That that was that's the expression of of who he is. Uh huh. So I mean it's it's easier. I, I just think sometimes fuck's the right word. It is. Uh huh. So if you say it if you say it right though. I, I um I worked with Dennis Miller once at the Comedy Corner. I was doing stand up maybe a year. I was opening for him, and he said to me, "You don't know how to say fuck." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" He said, "You just say it to say it. You don't put it in the proper context. You don't say it right." He goes, you could take every time you say it, you could remove it and the joke will still work. Every joke you do without it. Mm-hmm. And he was right. I, I listened to him and he was right. Yeah. And it was a real it was a great lesson. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, one of the things I liked about this was the fact that I this is something I see in you a lot. And it really came out in the interview. You're like genuinely concerned for Ryan. And if you see a picture of Ryan, he does like the, the thought of him in New York. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> like, he look, appears too innocent and too pure to be in that city. Yeah. And literally repeated, you're like, I was just worried about you. Like, I'm worried about you now, kid. <laughs> yeah. I want to make sure you're okay. <laughs> and I feel like there is this caretaker nature in you that you kind of, you, you want to you protect people. You, you, like, you found me, one of the broken toys on the side of the road. And you're like, I'm going to help this guy out. Seems like a good guy. I'm going to help him out. I Are you just- a Charlie in the box? <laughs> No one wants a Charlie in the box. Do you know when you said that? I all I could picture was a small animal and then a big. Uh, what are those things that fly the dinosaurs? A pterodactyl. A pterodactyl coming up and taking him away. Picking up Ryan. Yeah, yeah taking him back to the nest. Yeah, that's it. Right. He's, yeah, he's that's just such great. a pure, innocent guy. And I do. I was just like, hey, dude, do you know where you are? For God's sake, what are you, <laughs> yeah, just stop sure. smiling at everybody. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> You don't do this in New York City. <laughs> you got to put your game face on. Yeah, what's the matter with you? Yeah. 
face. <laughs> yeah, he's always smiling. What's, I don't trust the guy who smiles. Yeah, as I was like, but yeah, he has that. He has that that innocent nature that, and I have. I don't know if it's codependency or just a genuine care of humanity, but I do. I do kind of have that that quality. So you, you didn't take the ladder on that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a combination of both, actually, Adam. Yeah, I, I really, I really think I'm just trying to make myself feel better. <laughs> I'll be honest. With you. I'm like yeah. my mother. I'm cold. Put on a jacket. That's the way I was. <laughs> that's the way I was brought up. That's great. Like that. that's great. But yeah, he does have that innocent nature. That, that's why I played the bit about the guy on the subway wearing the cat eye contact. Oh, brilliant! God, that was funny. Yeah. Brilliant. I was pissed. I didn't come up with that bit. That's genius. Yeah. God, it's so good because the laser pointer at the end. That's mm-hmm. what makes it. Yeah, <laughs> that brings it home. A yeah. really funny guy. He walks mm-hmm. a nice line with comedy. Yeah, he does. He does a good. He do, and it, it, he has he has bits about his experiences in life, and you so you get that kind of a you get that kind of sense about him. Like he has a bit about going hot air ballooning, which I thought was great because he actually did. <laughs> you know, it's a, you'll never meet another comic and go, listen, I I have a hot air balloon bit. Can you not do yours? Yeah, <laughs> you not. You know, hey, I have one. Of them. Oh fuck, <laughs> really? I built my whole set around the, the hot air balloon. All right, never fine, fine. I close with a hot air balloon bit, okay? I, man, you, you're messing up my closing. <laughs> You'll never get that. That's great. It's yeah. great. But, so, my, my point is this, Mark. He would have, I think Ryan would have gone on to tremendous success that he has today, opening for Jerry, being a clean cut. Rolling Stone voted him one of the comics to watch. I think all that still would have happened if I didn't take him to a radio station. Maybe. Oh, that's what you're getting at. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I see. I, it, it, you nudged him along. I, I don't think I nudged him along as much as I. I don't think. Look, look I didn't. I didn't hinder his progress. I didn't go. You know, kid, say fuck. They won't care. You know, I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, try yeah. heroin before you go on stage. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I didn't do that. I think. Stop you know, turning my mic off. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I will tell you one thing. Like pe- certain people in my life, they probably didn't understand how significant they were to me by just saying one or two things to me. That's good. So it depends on him. Mm-hmm. So if if he had a moment where like, oh, that's exactly right. That's what I need to do. Then something mm-hmm. clicked inside of him. So it's more if you inspired him to do a pivot. So what you're saying is in, in Ryan's life, I am his Mark Stern. Yes. <laughs> you, you were right. That's, that's a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I want to call you both Mr. Destinies. Mr. Destinies? Yeah. Well, no, it it, it is also who gives you the message. You know, yeah. that, that that's it. Phil, you straighten me out. Uh, to this day, I have nothing but thanks for you. When I was go, I was, uh, I was in. A, I had to get out. I wasn't in the right relationship before I met you, and it was just a painstaking thing. I was living, I was living in a penthouse right outside the Cuban embassy, and I was calling Phil every day, and I was smoking like a dock fire. I just kept, Ooh. I was just chain smoking and drinking, and <laughs> Phil just had enough of me. He goes, where are you now? I said, I'm on a roof. I'm looking at the Cuban embassy. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. What? He's like, I don't, I don't, I, I, and I was shaking. I don't know what to do. I said, he goes, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. I go, yeah, I had a couple of drinks. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> he, oh, he's man. like, go take a shower, brush your teeth, get in a cab, and go do what you got to do right now. Click. And he hung up. And I went, he's right. I love that. I, he see, it was what I needed to hear from who I needed to hear it from. Thank you, Philip. 
Yep. You're welcome. I, I think that's so. more, I don't think that's someone coming into your life and giving you information you need to know in that one little moment. I think right. that's just genuine friendship. Well, that's what that is. You that's know what all I mean? it takes. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all it takes is hearing the right words at, at the, the right, right time. time. From the right yeah, person. That's true. Like, I don't know if, if it, I would have heard that from somebody it, else. I don't know if it would have had the effect. The fact that I, I heard it from, it just made a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, Adam, the debate that we're having right now yes. was summed up perfectly. You're big, you a big fan of philosophy and philosophers. Right. You're probably familiar with a very famous philosopher, Mr. Forrest Gump, because <laughs> yes. he is the exact yes. thing he says okay. at the end. He says, are we all connected or maybe we just float around through life? You know, nothing's connected. Maybe, And he kind of finally comes down and goes, I guess maybe it's a little bit of both which I think is what Alex said before. Mm-hmm. And that's what, what it is, you know? Yeah, he also said, I got to go pee. Yeah. <laughs> he also said that. Yeah. <laughs> I got shot in the butt top. <laughs> yeah. And your name Boys is are on running it. fool. <laughs> <laughs> and your name is on it. What's my destiny, mama? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I believe, look, I believe we, we are all connected. I just think that it's subjective to your experience is what I was trying to say. You you would yep. like to believe that because you got thrown out of school, that your 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 mistake and your shame led led to uh, someone else's joy. Why are you smiling and laughing so much when we talk about my greatest shame in life? Because it's, <laughs> because it's, a we don't know what it is. <laughs> that's that's I, a mystery to no, yet to be determined. I know what it is, and I'm telling you, he's done far worse. <laughs> I believe we are all connected. I, look, I've been I've been sitting on a cushion trying to know the mind of God for about ten years now. Oh, it's been yes. longer than that. All right, you've been trying to figure this out for ever since I've, no, I've known you thirty years. You've been yeah. trying to figure it out for well, twenty of those years. I, See, I, I think that's where you messed up. What? It's not knowing; it's trusting. Yeah, I don't. Ah, Phil just passed a stone. <laughs> 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 the destiny stone. What, what was? What the hell was that? Ah! Oh, I feel so much better. I'm so glad that's out. Yeah, I, I, I don't have any trust. Well, you can work on it. That's the good thing about trust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do have a, a problem with trust, Adam. Yeah, trust and like you go, your glass is half empty. It's half empty. There's shit floating in the water, and it's your fault. That's. <laughs> No, it's all me. What did I do? No, me. That, that's the way, you know, that's the way I grew up. Oh, oh I got you. Okay. That's the way I grew up. Mark, when I grew up, like, you know, you, as soon as you're, like, enjoying, it's like, hey, aren't you? Ha- aren't we having a good time? Yeah, well, shit can happen. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, you're talking about meditation. Uh-huh. The meditation is great. And, and if you've helped me out with it, and, and, and I'm, I'm so glad that you've really introduced me to that world. And, and, and obviously, it's helped Ryan out, and he was introduced to it. By Jerry Seinfeld, so and obviously it's helped Mr. Seinfeld out in a great yeah, way. Yeah, he seems so. to be doing okay, Jerry. He, yeah, he seems like he's <laughs> yeah. All right. and yeah. that goes back. That goes back to the message and the messenger. You know, he was ready to hear about meditation, and it came mm-hmm. from Jerry Seinfeld, which I think mm-hmm. was great for Ryan. I came to meditation because of pain and suffering. So <laughs> that's the difference in our two paths. That's, that's the truth. And I want to thank Ryan Hamilton for being my guest this week. Uh, honey, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? The Adam Ferrara at Gmail. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the show. Please tell a friend. The show is growing, and it's all because of you. If you've got time to leave us a review, that also helps us out with our friend. Mr. Algo Rhythm. And remember, life is hard. Take it easy on yourself. The pot is ended. Go in peace.
getting thrown out of high school is the most devastating thing in your life. I can think of three other things you've done that are far worse. (laughs) (laughs) Was throwing up on you one of them? That's the big one right there. (laughs) Incoming. Watch your shoes. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.